Thanks for listening to Hit Subscribe. I'm your host, Kira Fanlow. On this episode, we're chatting with Justin Thompson, president of Mad Love, a brow forward cosmetic line. We chatted with Justin about nurturing customer relationships, looking at negative feedback to improve the brand experience and using data to make informed decisions. Lastly, Justin emphasizes the value of courting your customers and keeping the relationship fresh, especially after they've entered your subscription program. There's a lot to get to, so let's get started. Justin, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, absolutely, yeah, thanks for having me. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and Mad Love? Madlab, we were founded in 2016 as primarily a professional beauty business where we sold and created products for microblading artists and had a training program where we um, uh, trained uh, people on how to do microblading. And um, we really evolved. In 2018, we started uh, wanting to really tap into just the, the cosmetic space. Um, and continue to have a larger market to market to. And so we came out, we started developing the brow stamp. Um, in 2018, we, we thought of the idea and that was launched in February, 2020. So it took us about a year and a half to refine all of that. And um, the rest has been kind of history the last couple of years, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you started as a professional makeup product company, but you guys are now known worldwide for this brow stamp kit. So how did that come to be the main product? Um, you know, we, so, and still one of our top sellers today is our stencils. We try to take the guesswork out of women and, and at first, uh, microblading artists being able to map out a client's brow shape. That seems to be like one of the most difficult things to do still today for women um, to do their brows, whether they go to have them waxed or threaded. It seems like they're always needing help have their brows done and get that right shape. Yeah. So we took our stencil. We were in Shanghai. Uh, I think it was May 2018. And we were looking for more products in the professional space. And um we came across this, this company that was selling this stamper. And at the time, it's all, ours also can be used for like hairline. Like if you're having some like hair loss, whether it's male or for males or females, to help fill in some hair loss like around um, the forehead. Um, my wife saw the stamper and we had stencils with us because that was like the only product we were selling at the uh-huh. time. And um, she took my arm with the stencil and this stamper that was at their booth and put a brow shape right on my forearm. And she's wow. like, sell millions of these. <laughs> and, then, and then from that point forward, we just went for it. You know, we, we took the risk. We had already taken lots of risks. We were sitting in Shanghai at the time, didn't know Chinese or know anyone else. And we were just going for it. Um, and we continue to just go for it every day with our brand now. We don't know what the future holds. We just try to innovate and um, come out with good quality products that we feel will help people in their everyday makeup routine. And it's bode really well for us. Yeah. Um, when you say it sounded like it took you guys a couple years to refine the product. What was that process like? Well, we, we 
<laughs> we're very new. Um, I had never, we had never really sourced products and done R&D and design of packaging and components. Our manufacturer, we feel is the best in the world. They uh, do a lot of the manufacturing for the top beauty brands in the world. And um, they were, I'm grateful that they were dealing with us. We, we, were, we were a bootstrapped company. We didn't quite know what we were doing. Um, and so it was a lot of learning on the fly, even small terms that we didn't know. Obviously, they're yeah. like, oh, oh, that's what that means. Oh. Research and development. Yeah, yeah. No, I had to Google that too. I know R and D yeah. man, but there's some other ones still to this day. Yeah. Like, the POA, I'm like, well, what's the POA? <laughs> mm-hmm. ROI, like, what is this? Yeah, yeah you need you need that. like a dictionary. Yeah. Um, but it just took us some time. You know, we wanted to get it right, and so we. It's not like we had this huge community to test, and so my wife, Maddie, she she's constantly like, in her closet at home, we have. Just she has so much stuff that will probably be rolling out in you know November of this year or January of next year. That we're always she's finding the best products and we're sourcing the best products that we can. That we feel, um, yeah, to continue to build our brand. Yeah, I'm kind of curious because I was looking at your website and you have quite a few different products of all of the elements that go into creating a product. Like you mentioned, the packaging, the actual materials. What was, what was the thing that took the longest to get right? Like, what was the thing that you guys really had to like refine and nail down? So for the breast stamp, there's two things. So we put a few hundred thousand people now through a quiz. Find the shapes, right? One of the biggest kickers. And I think it's the most skeptic part of the purchase for the customer is like, well, is one of these shapes going to work for me? And then if they don't, then I'm out of the money, right? So we've continued to use data points from customers um, to continue to refine our shapes. And we may or may not have another shape coming out soon. Um, So we use that data based on returns. And we are obsessed with looking at customer reviews pulling our customers and not being afraid of that negative data. A lot of entrepreneurs are, you only want to look at the positive all the time. And you don't learn anything by someone telling you how great you are. It doesn't, uh, it might give you a little 10 minute boost of serotonin levels, but you, you can't create actionable items and changes out of someone telling you you're great. And Absolutely, so, yeah all the negative feedback. What, what, where can we get better in our, our retentions going up, our repeat are going up, our lifetime value of a customer is going up, our order going up. Um, and I think that's all just by listening to our customers and we're very grateful for that. That's so interesting. Um, I was, I was thinking that too, cause I obviously have looked at your website and your products and I was wondering how you came up with those those brow shapes. Um, and that makes a lot of sense that if people aren't finding the right fit, you're not going to know that unless they're sending them back or telling you, and then you can tap into additional customers by creating a product that is more for them. So where, where do you usually go to get this feedback? Is this mostly in reviews or how do you, how do you find like people's, um, feedback about the products? 
Yeah, so reviews is big. But with the quiz I was talking about, um, is it more this shape or this shape? Is it more this shape or this shape? And so we've, we've continued to refine that down based on those answers of the different sizes and the different shapes. And so oh, the most popular now, and you know the thing is it changes by color. We've seen the darker the brow, the bigger. And that's just a, a data point. I'm not saying anything about anything. <laughs> I'm just saying the result of what the data say. Yeah. And so it's interesting. Um, so there's just different trends that happen. Um, and so um, whether we need to increase the size or shrink the size or elongate the shape. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, we look at that. So the, the quiz and then uh, reviews. And we're starting to send out product surveys as well. What kinds of questions are you asking the product surveys? Um, basically around like a bunch of different satisfaction. And then we're tying that to age as well. I think that has play in because different demographics and different age groups and genders have different things. So one cool thing that we were meeting about is I'm thinking that here's a little nugget that we're gonna start segmenting customers and flows and Clavio based on age too. Because we think that people that are 20 years old might care about something different than someone that's 45. Um, at the end of the day, they, I think, have the same common goal that they just want help putting their brows on. Um, but different blog posts or different um, upsell products or add-on products, um, we feel, and the data is telling us, it's different based on age. Okay. So what, what kinds of things are you seeing your younger customers care about, for example? Are you looking at like what they visit on the site and the kinds of things they add in and then concluding, oh, they seem to care more about um, product durability versus the packaging or something? Yeah, but the opposite there. Uh, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I don't know the younger generation. Yeah, no, no. We, yeah. we, we're seeing that they care a lot more about the aesthetic. They care about the bag, the look. Right, uh, right. Though, though this is generally speaking, right? Um, the quality isn't doesn't the product doesn't have to be as much as the packaging. Okay, they're really sold by like the image, the aesthetics of it. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. The exclusivity of it. Uh huh. Um, we're we're seeing that a lot too of uh, the scarcity type mindset in the sense like oh I want this because nobody else can have it or has it. Our older demographics they don't care about that as much. Uh, that thing. Um, but they want good quality, right? They want to make sure that it's going to last and it has the quality. Um, younger consumers, I think we're seeing care more about that community. Mm. Uh, but the, our blog posts do better in the older demographics of data, of facts, of our uh, um, actionable things that they can do and take. Graphics more community. And so we're starting to look at how are we rolling out our loyalty program around keeping that in mind. Okay. So it sounds like you have kind of met all of these needs in a way because you have the blog, but I know that you also have a really robust social media following. 
which I'm assuming is an aspect of the community. So you're finding ways to meet all of your customers' needs. And how how is that informing how you're going to roll out the loyalty program? If you can share about that, I don't know if it's not launched yet. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Even that's fine. Um, it's not like too specific, but um, like the way in which a consumer can gain points. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or just just around that, like, and and what will drive that repurchase rate uh, based on the, the demographic? Okay. So maybe for younger younger customers, it would be sharing on social media or things like that. Okay, cool. Or maybe the older customers sharing on the blog post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Because um, I think we more about that than TikTok video. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like I'm really, I, I hope, I'm not aging anyone. Like right, I, right. I'm almost 40, so heck, like I'm this old demographic I'm talking mm-hmm. about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not old, but you know, it, it uh, Yeah, but I I think there's a lot of truth to that because my parents consume media and information differently than I do. And my younger brother does differently than I do. And so certain approaches from brands are just going to be more effective based on our habits for sharing things with people. Yeah, before we were even on TikTok or I was, my father-in-law told me about TikTok. (laughs) I understand there's outliers and... and, um, um, but we're, you know, we're looking at data. We drive our business by data, right? Um, and, and of course, feeling. There's that gut that you can't ever discount as an entrepreneur, especially an entrepreneur that's bootstrapping their business. Your gut feeling, I think, um, is sometimes all you have, right? Because you don't have, like on our subscription that we rolled out in December of this year, that was all gut. We didn't have any insight into how it would perform really. I'm grateful we did because iOS 14 and GDPR has put a kind of a bomb on new customer acquisitions. And I'm very grateful that we are extending the lifetime value of our customer and increasing that order value. Um, And we started working on that this time last year before Facebook acquisition numbers took a dive, you know? Yeah, that's, I think that's very, I mean, I'm not an entrepreneur, but you're not, before you do something new, as you said, if you're starting a business, you're not going to have data yet because it's a brand new venture or project, but you might just have a feeling that it's the right move for you. So you guys launched subscriptions December, 2021, right? Like it's pretty recent. Yeah, very recent. Yeah. yeah. So you tell me, can I hear more about the gut feeling? Like why, why did you decide to do subscriptions? What were you hoping to create with them? Yes, yeah, so um, two things. I guess I said that we weren't doing enough data, but we saw a lot of people were coming back and repurchasing just the reading. Right, right. Hey, we might as well make that easy for consumers, make that, that experience simple. So with that, always customer-centric, customer-first focus that we have at MedLove. I come from this space for eight years. I was with a business that all we are were uh, a monthly reoccurring revenue business. And that business sold for 2.2 billion bucks. So I knew from a bootstrap position that if I was ever going to get acquired one day, then that's going to increase my multiple for an acquisition. So um, kind of both, right? Like a I think the best, smartest play for the customer to help them 
and a plug for like recharge SMS, like that's helped immensely as well. But and then at the same time, like the 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 sustainability of Mad Love and the value of Mad Love, it it, it is driving us up in multiples. I think in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I th- I think brands that have starter kits or just tools for people to effectively use the products are really successful because you're like setting people up with everything they need to create a routine around it. And for people who do their brows, it becomes like part of their everyday routine. And then they have the stencils and the little brush spoolie and all they really need after that is to just get like the stamp every month. Exactly. So, I mean, recharge was really the only place I could find that we could do that. What I then didn't know a convert. I didn't know that term convertible subscription, right? Where we take them from $39 the first month to 19 uh, is their first purchase after on their renewal. That's been a challenge to communicate that to the consumer too. Uh, But when we were creating our model, I wanted to get down into that Netflix Hulu type price point because consumers are used to that. Netflix already paid a ton of money and educated consumers that they can fit that bill into their monthly back. And so we're just piggybacking off of that, I think. Mm-hmm. How, how do you communicate it to that to consumers? Is it really clearly expressed on the site somewhere? Yeah. Or how we, do you, yeah. It's, we're in the process of improving that, like, a, like on the landing pages. Um, the cart. Um, ships today, future shipments, and it really delineates the two. Um, we we learned and used some uh, great tools that some other merchants use, not directly in our space that we compete with at all, but um, some what I thought I saw some best practices going on of other big brands that I've obviously invested a lot in their research on things um, that like Amazon. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And I copy some of the not copy, but whatever. Yeah. We Inspirational. Yeah. The inspiration of best yeah. practices that Amazon does, and we try to. Yeah. Answer. yeah. Has there was there anything that happened when you rolled out subscriptions that surprised you? Um, yeah, there's some data now that we're getting that that is surprising, both negative and positive shocked at one end of some things and then on the other things I'm like oh I thought that might have been a little bit better and so um yeah but it's it's looking it's looking very positive and bright so mm-hmm. excited for it. that's great yeah um so to go back a little bit to the quiz did you bring that in at the beginning was that something that you brought in when you were rolling out subscriptions what was the yeah. like? Uh, what's the what was the the evolution story of the quiz? Yeah, so yeah. it was a dynamic one, and it happened overnight. So um, one month in or ish of launching our brow stamp, the Today Show contacted us and oh, wow. said, "Can we have a couple of samples?" And we're like, "Sure," you know. So we sent them. There wasn't much more communication, and then one morning we woke up and there were thousands of people on our website. That is a little bit older of a demographic. We didn't used to have a quiz. They would, we didn't even sell them in sets of five. We only sold two at a time then. And they would have to choose like their length, like their shape, their color. And so 
we had consumers buying microblading ink, thinking it was the stamp they were looking at on the on the TV show. And so we I started searching in the Shopify backend store, came across this company that overnight we put up a quiz. Like, and then we've just continued to refine that up to where now we do it all internally. We don't use a third party app to push any of that anymore. Uh, built that all out on our site. Um, and so that was kind of the evolution of the quiz. So it, it happened, we created it based on customer need to help them make the best decision and to, then that helps Mad Love not have a bunch of orders of microblading ink to a 55 year old woman that's not a microblading artist. Mm -hmm. That one that shows up in the mail. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's going to help them make sure that they're getting what the right, the correct color, the right shape. And then also you're not going to be getting a bunch of returns. And you're mentioning that it gives you guys useful data about your demographics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you guys also do, I feel like you'd said something about doing Zoom calls to help people as well with getting the right match. Do you do uh, sometimes? Yeah, well, uh, we don't go all the way to Zoom calls. Um, yeah, we we have the Shade Finder quiz, and then we also encourage, we have a full, our support team is awesome that whether they chat in, text us, or email us a copy of, or a picture of their brows, and we help fit them. Um, so yeah, we do that as well. What I think on the Zoom stuff is, in this day and age where there are a lot of Zoom calls, they're worried about, you know, just like kind of here up, and so our help that look real quick and then they can carry on with their day and so i think that's been a, has a little bit to do with the lift of sales through covid i think yeah yeah the, i mean that makes sense people were much more focused on the top half of their bodies than than their pants <laughs> so you've talked a, f a few times about being a consumer first brand what does that mean to you yeah um we're obsessed with our customer uh, without our customers, we don't have anything. We have taglines up in our office around uh, different ways and phrases to not mess with the customer. Uh, our customers are everything to us. We're, and so we're, um, if there's a, ever a problem with anything with a customer, we, uh, our support staff kind of has full reign to be able just to take care of that. Uh, um, and so I think in this space where uh, it's so competitive that you can, you got to control what you can control. And one thing you can control is how you treat your customer. You can control that. You can't control if something gets lost in the mail. You can control if it shows up broken. I mean, there's some things to try to help it doesn't, but, but you can control the complaint that comes in. You can control how fast you respond. You can control you respond and you can control what your resolution is to their issue and so that's all we care about and we are seeing that our repeat customer purchase rate is just going up yeah i love that um because yeah if it, if it arrives damaged that's kind of out of your hands but then you can send them a new one at no charge or whatever it you know has to be done to make it right so that they have a good experience right or uh, you ordered soft brown it's just, it's, it's not dark enough. Oh, 
keep the soft brown, that's fine. You maybe can use it like on the days you're going to the, they're not just one color. Um, but we'll send you medium brown. We just ask that you help cover the cost of shipping. Yeah, totally. That yeah. avoids the whole return, that return. Then they now have two products. Just ask them to cover, I think it's like four bucks. And we cover the cost of the product. We just ask them to cover the cost of shipping. So that's something we rolled out too really early on. And if you're a merchant, a business owner, think look listening to this, like that it really, really decreases your returns. Um, we call it our satisfaction policy. Um, and we found that customers don't abuse it. Well, and you're always going to have those people that will abuse anything in life. But for the most part, we lead with our customers are being honest. Um, and um, and that most are and don't take advantage of businesses that are trying to also do good to them. Yeah. I feel like that's, there's some quote, I mean, it's not about businesses, but it's about if you treat people as a certain way, then they will be that way. But if you treat them at, like, if you treat customers like they're going to be disingenuous and take advantage of something, then they probably will. But yeah, if you yeah. come you to it with like, yes, okay. Yeah, that's right. exactly, that, that's the quote. Yeah, yeah. That's the quote. Tell them they're yeah. great and then they'll show you how great they are. Exactly, right? yeah. It's, tell them that they're a liar and they'll really get down and charge, and they'll do chargebacks. And like our chargeback percent is so low. Our And for consumer, beauty brand, our returns are so low. Uh, we're talking less than 1%. Like that, and I think a lot of it has to do with just being upfront and honest with the customer on every touch point, whether it's pulling it out of Facebook really quickly and turning, because I have this line that you're either creating brand ambassadors or brand destroyers. There's really no, someone's either gonna destroy your brand or they're gonna love it. Uh, when they're making a comment it's never really like meh it's either like i love this place let me tell you how bad they screwed me percent that they're just cool with it don't ever make a comment right so in that space what what are you creating and how are how are you changing that and, and controlling what you can control mm. yeah that's a really powerful insight and that's true. Like people who feel neutral about something, they're not going to take the time out of their day to be like, this was mediocre. They're only going to write something if it was incredible or horrible. Um, and as, as a consumer myself, I've been in that position where I didn't like the product. And whenever the company was like, you can just keep this, I instantly liked the more. I recommended it to my friends. And in most cases, I've actually written a positive review because I just appreciated it so much. And I'm thinking about, you were talking about community building. Like, I feel like, especially with beauty products, that's such a word of mouth thing. Like people recommend it to their friends or on social media. So people having a positive experience with your brand, even if maybe you might lose the original cost of that soft brown, you're probably going to gain more customers in the long run because they're going to be more likely to share your brand with people. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. You know, like you have... I have another line like a high tide raises all ships. So like you do right to customer A over here, customer L six months later might be a derivative of that. Uh, you know, we're just trying to you know put our best foot forward all the time, and um, and it's always done well for us. So 
we can look back and say like, oh, those are some actionable quantitative things I think that came from that system and let's manage that process and get the result, continue to get the result, good or bad, depending on that. Yeah, no, it sounds like the, the data is proving your point. Um, I just want to go back to social media for a minute because you just guys, you guys have just such an impressive following on there. What, um, what are your main intentions with social media? Is it community building? Is it a marketing channel? Is it for collaborating with people, all the above? Like what, what is that engine for you? Um, the, I think the main engine is um, educating the customer. Um, it, it, telling the customer more about like what Mad Love is and what we're doing. And at a point or a place that you can come to figure that out about us. Within that, with education, I think people and humans love education, new ideas collaborating within that. And so we hope that, that our comments or the comments in our posts are driving that. Um, whether it's about our product or some other product, I, I, I think that we, we never operate from a scarcity mindset in the sense of like, I don't expect that our consumers are only buying our makeup products and nobody else's, right? Like look at any, look at any person's makeup drawer. There's probably, and I, I mean, I wish there was a study on this of how many different sitting in there but my guess is it's 10 plus right so like allowing free and open communication in the marketplace about maybe there's a a brow gel that does really well with our brow stamp from another brand like great i'm happy for you i'm happy that, that that works for you and i don't care if you tell other customers on our social media pages that this one's great from xyz brand cool good for them so that's kind of it, like creating that, creating that type of education first type community. Uh, and then just have cool innovative content. That's, I mean, content's keen, right? So whatever we can do to um, do that in a cool aesthetic way, <laughs> innovative way as much as you can. Like we have a lot of different posts that have gone viral that literally were done like in the parking lot of our office, right? Like where it was. Yeah you know, uh, one of the biggest ones, like is the swatch colors on like the forearm. The forearm, yeah. All that, and we poured water down it and like TikTok loves that. Oh, because it did, like didn't run with the water? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. With like how, how water resistant and smudge proof. And so that's education, educating our customer about our product in an innovative way. People will probably fire back and be like, there's nothing innovative about that. Well, okay, I can I can understand that too, but like TikTok liked it. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I I haven't seen that, but I can definitely imagine that would do really well on TikTok. Sometimes it's just like those simple things of like someone's beauty routine in the morning or just as you were saying, like with the brow gel, like here's my how I do my brows in like five minutes. Mm -hmm. But it just makes it seem so much more like personable and relatable. Yeah. Okay, so what advice would you give to a subscription brand just launching? What's something that you wish you knew at the beginning of this journey? I wish we would have started the SMS right up front. Okay. Uh, one of our, one of the biggest complaints was, and it, 
I think there is a little pain point there about customers being able to cancel and recharge talks to the customer customer portal and and how Shopify does it. I don't like it to where they actually like have to have an account and like the whole like, well, do I have an account? How do I log into that account so then I can buy a subscription? And like if they just use their phone number, it just makes it very difficult. And so that's the first thing I the recharge SMS has changed all that because they don't have to have an account. They can manage and control their whole subscription right from their phone. And what we're seeing is people aren't canceling, they're just skipping their charge. They're pushing it out. So um, that would be the first thing that I, I think that we would have done maybe differently. Um, that's honestly really it. One, um, oh, I'm sure there's other things that we've done. <laughs> it's been perfect besides that. Yeah. No. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we started, like we do a lot of things, we gave ourselves a lot of margin. So like I know we can go from 19 a month, we could probably drop that to 16 or 14. Mm -hmm. um, but we're just starting there. We only offer as an incentive free shipping. So first can go to, you know, save 15%, save 20%, whatever. We've given ourselves that leeway because I like the negative news. I want to know worst case, how is sustainable? Worst case. Right, like not really heavily incentivizing customers, letting them cancel easily, no, with no, like right there, they can cancel for any reason. We're not gonna push back on them and try to save them yet. We always have the opportunity to do that. And so like, can this, can this dog hunt on its own? We're seeing it can, right? Like we're not, we're very, so that was uh, it's a piece of advice I think I would give is you can always optimize but, you know, put your best foot forward, but knowing that like, hey, this is worst case scenario, like we're charging the most, we're not discounting, and we um, are allowing customers to cancel as quickly or as easily as they want. Yeah, yeah. I have to imagine there's something freeing in that and knowing what the worst case scenario is and knowing we're equipped to handle this. So if everything goes horribly, we're gonna be fine. Like we've already prepared for this. And yeah. where we think week over week, our retention is getting better just by little things that we've implemented. Like in, we are so upfront with the customer. They, I think they get three notifications within the, the three days that product ships. So they have three, like whether they, they might've just thought of it themselves, right? To cancel. But then we like almost like not really try to get them to cancel, but like we say like, look, like it's coming and we positive way right but um yeah so and I, I think that that goes with our overall theme of our customers first central brand uh very upfront we're very transparent about like what it is and honestly we only launch it if you want it it's you're doing business with people that want to be in the room with you yeah yeah and it's not always pulling to get someone you know whether it's or as a customer, like business with customers that want to be with you and a reason to want to be with you. Don't be lazy. The days are long gone where you can just acquire a customer on Facebook for X and know you're getting Y. X is double, right? Like you, your acquisition costs, who knows what that X is now? It's really hard to 
quantify that with protein. But um, if you've been brand-centered, focused on your brand and giving a customer the reason to do business with you, the cheapest acquisition cost is organic, right? Or a referral, someone just coming straight to your site and signing up. Why not focus on that and really define what that is and how you get that because that's that's scalable, right? Um, so maybe a slow scale, but. Mm -hmm. But it's it's much more sustainable because as you said, like you're not dragging people to do business with you. It's people who want to be there of their own accord, who actually like your product and who know how to use it. They're set up for success. And um, it's just kind of like that human psychology thing again. Like people don't want to feel like obligated into stuff. And if they do, then they're just going to leave because no one wants to feel like trapped in something. Yeah, and so I was really, that's why, I, uh, before we rolled the subscription, that's what I was really about. Uh, you know, because I look at, like, I look at my competition as, like, Chanel, as L'Oreal, like, big brand-forward companies, and I was like, man, they're not doing a subscription model. How will that work against our brand? Um, then I had to take some reality. I'm not Chanel. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, my competition is Chanel. Yeah. Right. Well, no, yeah. I, I say that. Yeah. 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 Like, my goal is to take market share from them, right? Um, and, and all of these large cosmetic companies, we are coming for all of them. And, um, but we're doing it in 2022. And trying to build all those different things we talked about at the beginning of the call. And so that's really why we didn't discount our product, honestly, like for the subscription, we just give them free shipping. Just because we're trying to maintain that premium value brand. Yeah, yeah. What advice would you give to a subscription brand that's trying to scale to the 10K mark? So that if they've already started, maybe they have, a little bit of time under their belts and they're ready to take it to the next level. Like 10,000 subscribers or 10,000? Yeah. Companies. Subscribers. Um, man, AB testing, um, being intentional with the changes that you make, but, but not being afraid of making those changes. Um, focusing on not tactics to retain customers, giving a customer a reason to stay. You know, like it's kind of like dating. You know, don't don't worry about like whether or not your partner's always leaving you. Focus your energy on ways and reasons that they want to stay with you. Supporting them. What are you doing for them? Not like always obsessed about them leaving and what are the little blocks that we can put in place to get tricky about making it difficult for them to leave because in this space where e-coms growing you're getting the traffic but can you imagine if none of your customers ever canceled how much quicker you would grow yeah yeah i'm speaking to myself like yeah. you've had hundreds and hundreds of people cancel i can only imagine where you know you can look at the data and so that's what we're trying to put our focus around. And 
there's a lot of factors to that, right? Price, um, consistency, quality of product. We're learning like how long does our brow stamp last, right? And that's a fine line of value, quality, but do you want it to last too long? Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Um, I feel like that's a thread I've heard throughout this conversation about just focusing on the relationship and that it's like an active job to do that, like to continue to nurture the relationship with the customer and not like take it for granted. Yeah, no. You were saying like focus about like what you're bringing to them instead of being like, oh, don't buy other brow products. Like, yeah. I would hope that we're going to start doing some collabs actually. Like how cool would that be like um, um, sign up for a subscription and get a free glossier x i don't know yeah well because then also you'd be like tapping into because if you think i mean you said this already it's like a makeup drawer has 10 products like people do brows but then they do like face and lips and eyeshadow and all this other stuff and so if you can find a way to bring your product into their larger look and routine then it's going to be it's going to be probably in their drawer much longer absolutely yeah so like, for example, I think on the third subscription, um, we send them like a gift with that. So like, are you worried about your partner leaving or are you giving them flowers? Right. <laughs> Taking them and for a date night. Yeah. Taking them for a date night yeah. and, them and continuing to court them even mm-hmm. though mm-hmm. they are exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so like, none of this is new. Yeah, right? yeah. All the things that we're doing, there's there's no more innovation, like I kind of firmly believe. Like people have been, I mean, you've been selling your mom on why you need food since day one. We have always been trying to court people and convince them why they need to be with us as human. So how are we just peeling those layers back and just making it really simple, being like, hey, if I was a customer, that's the way we always ask, like if customer how would you respond to this email yeah yeah you respond to us just charging your card without you knowing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i really appreciate just like the interplay of it's almost like a relationship podcast and e-commerce podcast but then it's like at the end of the day like your customers are people you're a person the people you work with are people and you know like what would i want like i would appreciate a gift that would make me feel better about continuing to spend my money with them like and just knowing at the end of the day, like you're working with human beings and that that is always an important thing to consider. And I think it's very important to be into the reports, to be into the, like, you know your business. But I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we make it too complicated. Like you are a human being selling to another human being. That's it. That's it. Make it simple. Take all the guesswork out of it value and then people will sign right uh trust right the speed of trust right they trust you the quicker they're going to give you the money and so create that trust and and you do that just by putting yourself in their shoes like what we how, how, how are we going to get the trust and that's what i tell our team all the time we have hundreds and hundreds of people trusting us with their credit card every day what are we doing with that? Because I think as an entrepreneur, that is the biggest, um, that's the biggest 
Thank you. That is the that is the biggest compliment. You gave me your credit card information. Now it's my job to make sure that I can fulfill on everything and maintain that trust of yours. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. It's like you've entrusted me with something, and so I want to deliver for you because that is like a—it's almost—it's like a vulnerable thing to give no, someone yeah. that. It really is. Yeah. yeah, and also like eyebrows are vulnerable. Like people really care about those. So, um, okay, my final question to you. What physical products do you subscribe to? Oh, what do I subscribe to? Yeah. <laughs> Air filters for our home. <laughs> <laughs> fun. <laughs> so fun. Um, dog food. It's uh, soaps. Um, there's a company that, um, there's a few companies that, that, you know, that I've really liked that, um, that I've learned a lot from um, too that um, that we've taken different ideas from and, and implemented and so um, but honestly right now to be honest with you, I think those are the only two subscriptions I have going uh, I'm frugal I'm a bootstrap entrepreneur <laughs> uh, but um, you know we, that's what about you what I'm gonna ask you a question what do you subscribe to um I subscribe I use Billy the razors and smoothie cubes and um toothpaste bites so okay, razors so smoothie cubes and toothpaste bites back. yeah my billy i have a subscription in my name to my billy okay yeah now, if you look at our subscription flow and you look at the subscription flow mm -hmm. you similarities but i don't use the product but i do have a subscription from them they're really great <laughs> yeah you know like honestly like Last thing, but like, as a merchant, as a business owner, uh -huh. don't a bill. Learn from other merchants, especially if they're not in your same category. You know, like, if when I see someone that has done some similar stuff that we've done, that I'm that hopefully they're not like a direct competitor ripping us off. Uh, but like, that's a compliment, you know. Like, if it's especially out, I want it to be, of course, out of the direct to consumer cosmetic space right but right. we learned i'll just say it, we learned a ton from my bill yeah you know like they do a, a phenomenal job everything they do is so on point and and there's a lot of other beauty brands but, but i don't really consider them like i mean they're not we're not competing for the same price. it's different yeah people don't really oh, shave their eyebrows yeah they don't have a shaving company yeah so. yeah yeah so yeah, like take, because a lot of people have paid a lot of money for R&D and um, like Amazon, Amazon, right? And so what are the best practices that Amazon's doing? Why would I not implement those into my uh, business? How they collect reviews. They're the kings at collecting reviews. If you're running a review collection service, why are you not doing it somewhat the way that they're doing it? You don't need to get fancy with this and that and the other it's like you don't think that they haven't a b tested that mm -hmm. <laughs> they've it's looked like, into that definitely yeah, yeah. yeah. they yeah. get more impressions of data yeah. you're ever probably going to get in your business's lifetime mm -hmm. so their data is going to be a lot more on point than yours mm -hmm. yeah no that's really good advice it's like there's a lot of material already out there to start looking at to just 
get inspired from. Right. Like even yeah. like Nike.com, right? I don't yeah. sell shoes, but I can learn a lot. You can learn a lot. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I might not be paying subscriber to a lot of companies, but do you know how many drip campaign emails I get every single day? I create a separate email set up for it when I subscribe to whether it's uh, anything, Yeti or yeah, yeah. brand like uh, Stamp Socks or Bombas or Tommy John or any of these brands that, that I might purchase at one point in my life. Like, what are they doing? What are the they're doing that we can then clean and then test ourselves no that's really good advice um well justin thank you so much for your time today i really enjoyed this conversation and we wish you and mad love all the best in the rest of the year thank you so much keep your eyes open for some retailers by the fall we're excited we want to thank Justin once again for joining us. If you're interested in Mad Love, you can head over to madlove2vs.com. And if you're looking for more of our episodes, check us out at rechargepayments.com slash hit subscribe.